There is no duality in non-duality. Welcome to the Urban Guru Cafe. This is the first of two programs that presents a private meeting I had with Randall Friend. Once you've heard what he has to say, you will no doubt want to check him out on his blog site. So what pointers helped you to realize the truth of what you are? Well, I think that's a question that can't ever be answered. There is no truth. Truth is just another concept. I think Krishna uh, Murray said, truth is a pathless land. That was something you cannot reach. Sort of speaking to Gilbert and Bob confirmed that. I think one of the first things that I said to Gilbert was, I want to know the truth. And he sort of laughed and still have no truth. I think this is all about seeing through the idea that there is someone that can find truth. Okay, so how do you do that? Obviously, there's no one there to do it, which is what is really confusing me at the moment because, I mean, I'm well aware of the fact that you know, from all of the teaching, I have absolute clarity that there isn't anyone here who can find the truth. And so then I say, well, there's no point in looking. And so then there's, well, what do I do? And then, of course, there's nobody to do anything. And so what actually happens? So what's the problem then? <laughs> well, the problem is the suffering. Right. Yeah. And so we talk about the framework of suffering. What really is that? Isn't that just a bunch of beliefs? Totally. And the beliefs are just words. The words are only true if we use other words. Yes. So what's being pointed to is what's outside of that system of beliefs. What is prior to that system of beliefs. And no one can go there, though. It's not a location or a destination or a state that can be reached. It's not a permanent state. This is it, just now. So, language just builds this illusion that somehow there's an I, somehow if I gain enough knowledge, talk to enough people, read enough books, that somehow I will acquire enough knowledge and then suddenly I will know the truth. So it just becomes more of a self-perpetuating belief framework and the point is to see beyond that to see what's prior to that and what is that arising this cognizing emptiness which is ever-present and never-changing that screen of awareness that ocean of consciousness all of this is coming out of that we can say that it's formed from Atoms and molecules or elements, neurochemicals, it's all coming out of this nothingness, formed nothingness.
So as long as we deal with concepts, we're always stuck within that framework of concepts. Then how do you go beyond the concepts? How do how do the concepts do the concepts fall away? Well, no. What's appearing is appearing. Things happen. Whether this is understood or not is irrelevant. What's always happening is the knowing of what's happening, and that is never changing and not dependent on whatever concept was used. There's no going beyond it. There's nowhere to go and no one to go anywhere. We're stuck. There's no escape. There's no sense in seeking because there is no escape from what you are. There is no finding an answer. The mind can bounce off the wall like a mouse stuck in a corner. At some point, it exhausts itself from banging its head against the wall and it stops and in that moment of pause there's a simple non-conceptual looking and it's recognized that that has been present always prior to all the conceptual seeking and the words that we use and psychology and spirituality and religion to try and find an answer. But the answer has always been there. It has always been what is looking, what is watching the search, what is watching the confusion, what is watching the clarity. There is no such a thing as confusion or clarity in this non-conceptual seeing this, looking, knowing. It's always the same type of questions. Uh, you know, I've been seeking for years and I have an intellectual understanding of this. And You know, the, uh, the mind can only ever find an answer intellectually. That's all the mind can do. So that's to be expected. The point is that this is beyond the mind. This is prior to the mind. This is what sees the mind, sees the thoughts, and the beliefs, the concepts, and how they're formed and how they're used and how they lead to clarity in some moments, how they lead to confusion in others. And the sense of an eye who finally understands or the sense of an eye who is pulling their hair out in confusion. And all this is happening and none of it makes any difference because that seeing is always there watching this the seeing clearly did you have an idea of what that was before you were seeing clearly well that's a loaded question <laughs> I know I thought you might well, say that <laughs> there seemed to be a identification with the mind and a sense of I doing this and that and the other and needing to find answers needing to understand the truth that seemed to be the driving factor what is the truth what is reality what am I really and the answer never came the question is unanswerable
there's nothing that I can point to and say, that's what I am. All objects are appearing as form. And the form, if you read the Buddhist Heart Sutra, form is emptiness. Emptiness is form. Form is formed emptiness. So out of this emptiness, form is created. It's identical to emptiness. We can look at quantum physics. If I gave you a quantum lens and you looked at the world, you would see nothing. You would not see form. So this emptiness, this empty intelligence, as Bob says, is forming the planets and spinning the planets, forming the bodies, pumping the blood. There's an intelligence functioning. And this substance, this one substance, out of this nothingness, form is created. But the form we see is still nothing, still emptiness. I mean, there was just obviously a point where you just thought, well, look, there's no answer here, there's no point in looking at the mind, and then looking for the answer in the mind just fell away. I spoke to Bob on the telephone, and I asked him directly, what am I? And Bob said, you are no thing. And that means you are nothing perceivable or conceivable. Anything that you can see, anything that you can think of, you are not. The world is formed from nothing. The world is nothingness. Form is simply a gross appearance to gross senses. The world does not exist. The senses do not exist. It's formed from nothingness. In reality, the world comes out of nothing. This consciousness, which is seeing and knowing, is still duality. It's still a seer and a world. As we continue to throw away these concepts, see through these concepts, we're left with nothing to hold on to. Because there's always a concept that will come up. Well, I must be this. I must be that. We look at this body. I must be that. But if we look at beyond the words, beyond the concepts, those concepts are that this body is here, that this is me, that I'm doing this and I'm doing that. This body is simply sensations, simply energy. It's being perceived through senses as a solid form. But it's nothingness. Form is emptiness. Emptiness is form. So we we see the world. We believe what we see. The mind is a filter which shows us a solid world. As we go back the way we came, the sense of I, the sense of I am, is primary, the sense of existence. And within all this consciousness, the world is formed. But that's still duality, the seer and the seen. So as we throw away these concepts, we're left with nothing to hold on to. No body, no mind, not the thoughts. We're left with nothing to identify with. We're left with nothing to hold on to. 
We're at the end of the rope, and the rope disappears. Consciousness, knowingness, awareness is not the property of a human being. The world and the human experience arises in consciousness, arises in this ocean of awareness. And this seeing and knowing is evident, obvious. So we say that's what we are, nothing perceivable or conceivable. We say that we are the knowing only. But that's still duality. That's still saying that I'm the only the knowing. And then there's a world over here that I'm witnessing. But at that point, we're no longer identified with the body. We are resting in the awareness. There's still a concept, awareness of a world. And so at that point, we are no longer identified with the body. But then there's an I, the I am. That's the I am. That's the witness. That's the awareness that is not the body-mind, that is witnessing the body-mind. That's still duality. That's still an ultimate subject perceiving a world, a form, and nothingness. So what I'm talking about is prior to the I am. The nothingness out of which this is seemingly created. So it leaves us with nothing to hold on to, no ground to stand on. That's the peace that we've been seeking. That's the love that we've been seeking that we always were, but we were seeking for it outside of ourselves. We were seeking for it as something out there, something that I needed to acquire, some more knowledge or wisdom that I needed to add so that I could then become peaceful. But we're building it on a deck of cards. We're building it on a platform that's shaky. It's all impermanent. It's all relative. It's all built in words and concepts which only exist within the system or the framework of beliefs. So they always fail. Peace turns to conflict. Love turns to hate. We build our kingdom on nothing. This true peace, this true love that I'm speaking of, is the nothingness, the emptiness in which all of this arises in which all of it is accepted, but not accepted because there's an I that wants to accept it. It's accepted because that's what's happening. There's no choice. It's not good or bad. It's not right or wrong. There is no concept of right or wrong or good or bad. It's just happening. So how could there be possibly any acceptance or rejectance? So it's just a peace. It's a, it's a total love and... There's no choice. There's no illusion of 
volition or free will. What's happening is happening. All concepts of time, space, birth or death, these are all concepts arising in this appearance. We say what I am is prior to that. There is no I. It's just a seeing through of these concepts that we that we use. If it's philosophy or religion or spirituality, we get wrapped up in a belief system and then we use that belief system to walk down a path towards a goal. And then we're frustrated and we find another belief system, find another path within the belief system. So we could never get out of that belief system because all of our all of our activity is based within that belief system, based within the goals of that belief system. So what attracted me to Advaita Vedanta was that they point out of the belief system. They negate themselves. They negate the very path that would lead you down away from what you truly are. They point to it even Advaita as being not this. In the end, we discard even Advaita. We discard enlightenment. We discard Nirvana. Nirvana means extinction. doesn't mean that there's an I who then later gains enough knowledge or wisdom and then becomes enlightened. Nirvana means extinction. Nirvana means there is no I. There is no one or person to gain enlightenment or attain. And what Bob and Gilbert point to consistently is that you are what you seek. You already are that. So any movement, any movement, any word, any belief in an attempt to find this is already one step too far. So there's a resting in knowingness. But we look at knowingness as I am knowing that. I am the witness to the body-mind. So that's sort of the first step, if you like to call it that. The detachment of identification from the body-mind, which is the common belief. So the witness is useful in seeing through that belief system of the person. But yet that's still duality. That's still a subject and an object. And as we continue to discard these things, we find nothing. We turn around and look, and there is nothing that is seeing, knowing. How can we identify with nothing? So that's sort of the confusion that I hear a lot. How can I be nothing? How can I have to identify, no longer identified with the person I see through that? That's fairly easy to see through. When I look, I can't find anything, so where do I rest my identifications with now? And the nothingness is not really anything to grab onto. So they continue to hold on to concepts. And Advaita is a great concept to hold on to because you can spend years just like you can spend years with anything holding on to that as my identification. But even that has to be discarded in the end. 
even that has to be thrown away, recognized as only a word that really means nothing. Ultimately, all words only point to other words for their value. The actuality of that tree, the actuality of this body-mind, is sensation, energy, just the elements. But um, Nisargadatta called it the food body. It's formed from food. It's made of nothing, emptiness. So should we have this quantum lens, we would see nothing. We would see no forms. So this ultimate nothingness is one substance, one energy, which is forming planets and forming bodies and doing this and that and the other. So this one substance, not two, is sort of the theme of Advaita. This one substance is what the world is made of, is what the body is made of, is what God is made of. And forms even the concepts about all this. It forms the suffering and the happiness and the various things that we see. But if there is only one substance, then is there really a substance? Because who's there to call it a substance? Who's there to call it energy? So ultimately, we even have to discard the one substance. And then what are we left with? So you really can't say anything about it. Anything that you say is automatically false. That's it for now from the Urban Guru Cafe. If you have any comments to make about this story or any ideas you would like to hear about, you can find our contact details at urbangurucafe.com. Thanks for visiting. There is no duality in non-duality.